Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to ask a pharmacist about getting naloxone for their first aid kits at home or work. No prescription is needed. Naloxone can rapidly reverse an opioid overdose and restore breathing. Opioidresponse.info. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. On today's episode, we're talking about employee benefits. The most obvious perk of being employed is getting paid. Today, we're talking about all the other stuff. Consider some facts. Where do most working Americans get their health insurance? Their employers. How about where most people save for retirement? Their employers. If they've got disability insurance, they're probably getting it from... Their employers. They can even get paid to not work by... Their employers. Getting the idea? Their employers. No, Michael, we're done. We're moving on. Their employers. Oh, great. We broke him. Google famously provides free food. Three meals a day, plus unlimited snacks. The company maintains a thousand bikes on campus and gives workers their own garden space to grow vegetables. While unhappy workers at other companies may sometimes feel they're toiling on a treadmill, Google offers treadmill desks as an option. That was a clip from CBS in the Morning back in 2013. That year, Forbes named Google the best place to work in no small part because of all those benefits. I've got a list of what I think are some pretty cool random employee benefits. Reebok, you work for them, get an on-site gym and CrossFit classes. Love CrossFit. Yeah. Love CrossFit. Not to be outdone, Bain and Company has a global soccer tournament. All their different offices compete with each other. All right. What? All right. Yeah, it's very cool. That is pretty cool. Starbucks, full tuition reimbursement if you get an online bachelor's degree through Arizona State University. All right. And I got one. Uh, NVIDIA, for their employees, they actually pay $500 a month towards student loan payments with a cap of $30,000. Wow. So individuals who work with them can earn up to $6,000 a year and $30,000 to pay back student loans. Nice. Boom. And, yeah. And if that sounds generous to you, Whole Foods offers a 20% store discount to their employees. Yeah. Which, for those of you who have ever shopped at Whole Foods, that comes out to more like seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year in <laughs> savings. So, incredibly expensive. Take that, Nvidia. Another cool one here I found uh, at Zynga. So, if you're familiar with um, Words with Friends Farmville, yeah. they actually allow employees to bring their dogs to work every day. Well, Zynga has a mascot that's a dog. Ah, they do have a mascot yes. that's a dog. I and would actually, actually love that perk. That's actually pretty common in San Francisco. Really? Yeah, the dogs would just be wandering around the office. Interesting. Yeah. I think they do that at Georgia Public Broadcasting in Atlanta. I believe that's a that's huh. a perk you can you can bring your dog. I love there it. There you go. So and not I, not just Zynga then. And I was gonna say anybody who's a dog lover too knows how much of a pain it is to have to leave work to try to get home if you can get home. Or to go find someone to walk your dog or whatever it may yeah. throughout the day. So that, that's an amazing perk, especially nowadays when, when people really, really love their pets. <laughs> that's true. And as we're saying, a lot of these pretty cool benefits are coming from the San Francisco Bay Area. I think that's the, the world leader. That's the hub. <laughs> yeah, that's, those are the perks. Are. If there's a current, we got to go there first. Yeah. Um, Facebook was recently rated the best company to work for in the United States by Glassdoor. And like Google, they also offer some pretty incredible employee benefits. I'm going to focus on Facebook. 
a little bit because, as you may have heard, the salaries there are amazing. Yeah. This is already a very high salary place to work. Let me just read some of these things, and you'll get the picture. <laughs> Valet parking. Don't even need to park your car. Drive it to the front door. Someone parks it for you. Free on-site dry cleaning. Free on-site health care. Free on-site dental care. Free on-site barber. That's amazing. That is very amazing. Do people miss work at Facebook? Is this a common thing? I think most Facebook employees live at the Facebook headquarters, it sounds like. And I was going to say, like, if you have a toothache, and that's, for me, whenever I miss work, it's always because I'm getting a twofold. Like, other than that. <laughs> I I'm noticed not, you have no teeth. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not missing. I'm not missing work any other day. But um, it's interesting because every need that you could possibly have, I need to go get a haircut. I need dental or health things yeah. or whatever it may it be. It doesn't they, stop there. They do it. Dry cleaning, we do it. Free food, free snacks. They got an on-site arcade, on-site. Which is brilliant. On-site bike shop, four months PTO following a birth or adoption. Yes. 4000 extra dollars if you have a baby. You want to freeze your eggs. You want to adopt a kid. They help pay for those things. Good grief. And anybody who's yeah. keeps going. Really? I'm just going to stop there. Wow. Because this list keeps going. And the, the thing that we're not really capturing is the value of all these other services where a, a, a number wasn't attributed to it. So this whole financial aid for adoption fees – Anybody who's gone through or looked at the adoption process knows how incredibly expensive it is. That's an amazing perk. Yeah, so you can, to some extent, put a dollar value on that. They're going to pay you a certain dollar value. Yep. And then how that translates into something you can't put a dollar value on. Now you have a child. Now you are a parent. Whereas if you worked for another company, that might not have been possible, no. at least not for a while. And then there's these other things that you really can't put a price on, like if you get stressed out, you don't have to sit at your desk fuming. You go to the arcade. Yeah. You go play some <laughs> games. You have an easier time making friends with your coworkers. So you don't quit. You stick around working for these companies for decades, hopefully, and that stability makes your life so much better. You can really tell a lot about a company's culture and whether or not they get the population that they're hiring by the types of benefits that they're offering. And uh, just kind of thinking about this big picture, you know, if you're a student and you're going to work somewhere and you really want to understand what a company values or whether or not they value you and your peers, taking a look at these benefits will actually tell you where they are in terms of their mindset and their expectations of the type of culture that's going to be at that establishment. So as great as all those benefits are, they're not particularly common. Those sorts of things, <laughs> you should not expect to have them unless you're working from these giant tech companies. What is much more common are a few different kinds of insurance policies, and we're going to transition into those now. Mm -hmm. If you work for a company, you should expect health insurance for sure. <laughs> Health insurance is the single most common employee benefit that there is in the United States, with two-thirds of employers offering it. And that means that over half of Americans get health insurance through their jobs. Absolutely. And I would even go as far as to say that when you have dual-income households, a lot of times you have another spouse who's, who's working for the sheer benefit of the health insurance that's being provided – 
by a particular company. Covering the premiums, of course, that is an expense. However, in the event that something happens to someone, a child or an individual, if you don't have that, the health care expenses for a trip to the hospital and a three-night stay are more than anybody can handle. And honestly, yeah. I would even go as far as to say that when we talk about savings and like a six-month savings or whatever it may be, can anybody really save enough? To offstay a major medical expense, oh, it's, some of it's, these expenses are so impact. expensive. So, like we said before with Facebook, these benefits have intangible value. Absolutely. How do you put a price on your physical health? If you're feeling ill and you don't have health insurance through work, you might say, "Ah, oh, I'm just going to suffer through this," which is worse, much worse, because it compounds the issue. <laughs> yes, for right for your life. So, I looked into the stats on people who don't get health insurance through work. It's so expensive, hundreds of dollars a month. Half the people who don't have health insurance say they don't have it just because it's too expensive. It's incredibly expensive. And let's contrast that to people who get health insurance through work. Employers pay an average of 83% of individuals' premiums. That translates into $6,000 a year. They also pay an average of 72% if you have a family policy, like Michael was saying. That's $13,000 a year for the average person. We're not talking about free snacks. Who cares? (laughs) How much could that possibly cost you? I mean, tens of thousands of dollars on average. Yeah. Yeah. And outside of major medical expenses, disability insurance is a really, really big one. Yeah. So imagine that you get ill or there's an accident or something. You have a mental health issue. Which is a big one, 10%. Yeah, it's a lot of people. You can't work anymore. What are you going to do? How are you going to pay your bills? That's where disability insurance could come in. But very few, very, very few people go out and get disability insurance policies on their own. A lot of people are getting it through work. Absolutely. And I'll be honest, if I'm going to be completely candid here as a financial person, I never think about disability insurance. Now, if I'm working, tisk, tisk. if I'm working and I'm going through the uh, cafeteria plan, employment benefit plan, plan process, and it's presented to me, I'm thinking about it at that point in time. But I would say that where I'm coming from, most people wouldn't just be thinking, "Oh, yeah, I need to get disability." No, in fact, we're talking about this. There's probably a lot of people who are like, "I have no idea what the what <laughs> you two are talking about." What is disability insurance? Really Look it up; it's pretty incredible. We'll do a whole episode on disability insurance later. For our purposes now, consider how much employers are paying in those cafeteria plans. So if it's offered at your job, check it out. Employers on average pay half of the premium, but very, very many employers pay everything. They'll pay the entire thing. And if you have that offered, take it. Get yourself long-term disability insurance with some caveats. And the reason I say that is because the alternative If you're thinking, oh, I'll just get on Social Security if I need it, only one-third of Social Security disability insurance claims are honored. You really need to get this through work. Something that's on a lot more people's minds is life insurance. That's also something that you can get through your job. A lot of people are getting life insurance outside of work, too. A 2015 LIMRA study found that the Gen X and Gen Y population here is that they see the value in life insurance – But yet only 20% said that they would actually purchase or buy life insurance. So if people aren't buying these policies on their own, 
all the more reason to have them through work. And many employers do offer life insurance policies, about half of them. And if they do offer those policies, it's very common to pay 100% of the premiums on the first $50,000. Enough to cover a funeral and perhaps pay off credit card debt. Uh, however, it's, it's not enough to be able to afford the type of lifestyle that you would want for your kids to have and even maybe your grandkids to have for the, for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Commonly with life insurance, we're telling clients to get hundreds of thousands of dollars, but that 50000 from work is better than nothing. Absolutely. And nothing is what people who don't have that employee benefit commonly have. Yes. We're going to take a break now, but stick around. Next up, we talk about the more human side of employee benefits. Before that, quiz time. 95% of millennials prefer companies with non-traditional employee benefits. Which non-traditional employee benefit is most popular with millennials? Here's a hint. It's not free snacks. We'll get you the right answer and some practical tips after the break. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Elwood and Getz Financial Planning and Investments. As fee-only financial planners, they are fiduciaries to their clients. That's E-L-W-O-O-D-G-O-E-T-Z dot com. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Reach out. We'd love to answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And connect with us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from listeners just like you. For more information about how you can support financial literacy, visit nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Welcome back, everyone. Before we get you that quiz answer, we have a very special announcement. We won a national award. We are very honored to win the Best Consumer Financial Information Award from AFCPE. That is the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education. This is a super exciting time for us, so I thought we'd celebrate with some sparklers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, wait a minute. What, what are you doing? Check this out. Yay! Hey, wait, you can't have sparklers in here, Matt. Wow. Come on. Those things are making a ton of smoke. Oh, come on. They're just no, wait. toys. <laughs> put all that. Can you put those out? God. How do you put out a sparkler? Get a glass of water. Oh, crap. I dropped one. The power cords. The power cords. Abandoned ship. Oh, great. <laughs> Now you've done it. Welcome back again. We fixed the studio. So <coughs> that was all in good fun, but we really did win that award from the AFCPE. Moving right along, quiz answers. Before the break, we asked, among millennials, what is the most popular non-traditional employee benefit? What do you guys guess? Hmm. I know what it is. You do? Yeah. I've been at several employers where studies that were conducted in-house to see what we 
We, yeah, we millennials. Uh, we millennials. Would so, want, yeah. so it's not UGA tickets then. <laughs> well, no, it's not tickets to the game. I no, did, uh, what? It's not. That's good though. It yeah, it is good. It All right, another guess. Office furniture. <laughs> <laughs> really good chairs. No, I, think, I must say there are some really nice chairs yeah. around this campus. What's yeah, up with yeah. That? Some is people that we're, not, we're not sitting on them. Yeah, I mean, we're not. No, is... you're not, because those things are expensive. <laughs> so hold on. We need the free beats headphones. <laughs> yeah, no. The golden, the golden microphone. Never gonna happen. And what type of chairs, chairs that don't squeak when you sit on them? Okay, yeah. No. By the way, if you're listening and you want to make a, a donation to WUGA. Please do it. They desperately need new chairs in the studio. Your dollars will go directly to purchasing decent chairs. You want to help? I would not be surprised Public if somebody radio. just said, hey, you know what? We're going to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll rep you on the show if you get us new chairs. We'd super appreciate it. Okay, so I, yeah. new chairs, tickets, no. This I'm not going to say. I don't, I don't want to. This is more deeply personal and the non-traditional benefit millennials want is coaching oh. job coaching job training they want to be better they want to develop their skills really that was not what i was thinking what were you thinking i was thinking just more time away oh, oh. more time off like more time off more time to be able to you know it's just being able to to catch that concert that impromptu thing that comes up we talk a lot about happiness and money and not feeling as if if I leave, if I go, am I going to be looked at a certain type of way because right. I'm not burning the midnight oil and this is the company culture. We don't have the arcade. We don't have all the fun stuff. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So that, I love it though. Yeah. You're talking about, of course, paid time off. Yes. That employee benefit that helps maintain work Pay life. Pay for not working. Yes. <laughs> Literally, like, that's, that's the exactly idea. exactly what I want. I want more of it. Yeah. So paid time off is actually one of the oldest employee benefits. It's been around about 125 years. I think it started in Australia. Interesting. And if we look across the world, paid time off is actually mandated in a lot of Western democracies. So if you look, for example, at France, mandated 31 days off of work wow. paid every year. Wow. Other countries, Sweden, it's 25. Netherlands, the United Kingdom, it's 20. How about United States? How many <laughs> mandatory paid days off do we get? Zero. Fat zero. We're the only, egg. the only Western democracy that does not have mandatory paid time off. Of course, PTO in the U.S. does exist. It's yep. just at the discretion of the employer. Hmm. Fortunately... 84% of employers offer PTO. But are people actually taking advantage of the personal time off? No. Mm, no. Only only a third. Max it out every year. And from someone who has, again, had a lot of work experiences, you can have it. But if the culture does not suggest that you can leave and go have fun and post something on Facebook about it and not have somebody make a snarky comment afterwards then you're not going to take that time off because it's not accepted. It's there on paper. It looks good on paper. Yeah, and what you're, But there's a reason why a lot of people don't. Yeah, what you're talking about is not like your unique experience. This is actually an epidemic in the United yeah, this States. Yeah, is, this is across the board. Yeah, so... Um, so I'm actually speaking for the masses here. You are. <laughs> you are speaking for the, the common people. USA Today and Project Time Off looked into this. And they found that, of course, very few Americans max out their PTO. 
what that translates into is $66 billion of lost vacation days, $600 per working person. Mm. Just gone. Wow. We work when we could have not and lose $600 each. Some Silicon Valley companies were pioneering this idea that we want our employees to have work-life balance. We want them to work less. So let's offer them unlimited paid time off. Anytime you need to take a vacation, go take it. Yeah. And actually, some of them are even going a step further. They're actually contributing towards your vacation. And some of them actually create policies where you cannot be contacted by anybody whatsoever. We have to leave your cell phone. We're not contacted. You can actually go and disconnect and be away because what they've learned is Matt suggesting that people are a lot more productive when they're actually able to take a break. Yeah. Here's the irony of that. Companies that offer unlimited PTO, people take fewer vacation days than they did before when they had limits on their paid time off. Mm -hmm. So all of those wonderful things, that sounds great. Yep. People aren't using the PTO. Now some employers are mandating yep. that you take time off. Got to go. If you get to the end of the year and you have all these unused vacation days, some employers say, get out of here. Do not come in. You're not allowed to come in. Taking those vacations mm-hmm. makes you less stressed. You can focus better. So you're more productive. I love it. This is a beautiful thing. Where is this place? Where is this? California. Where is this beautiful Xanadu? California. Actually, I actually came across one, and that was a little bit further up. Where they actually is—is is this a California thing as well? Where the the company actually allows for individuals to go surfing. They have a surfing schedule. Hmm. Wow. And then if you don't surf, then you get to do their work too. <laughs> yeah. Win win. Win win win. Or you just help out. You you become a shark spotter. Oh, there you yeah, go. You can you, you can go help out. You, know? you get to go enjoy the weather and be out on the beach. Yeah. Either way it goes, yeah. that's, that's a win. Sure. So PTO, a great benefit. It's also one not so many people take. How do you get the most out of PTO? How do you get the most out of all of your benefits? The first step in the process really is to uh, talk to human resources, and beyond that is to get the the benefits manual to see what all is available to you as an employee. There's actually oftentimes more that's offered to employees than they've ever known. It's just a matter of asking and, and getting to know it. Go find your employee benefits manual like now or pull it up on the website. Just skim through it. Take five minutes to skim through and you might find there's all sorts of stuff you didn't even know was available. I'll give you an example. In my own life, there are all these health programs offered by University of Georgia. They'll pay you to go take a yoga class. Mm-hmm. Go. Who knew that that was a benefit? You got to check out the manual you got to know what your company offers. And you know what a lot of people don't know? Is that you can actually negotiate for better benefits. For some tips and tricks on negotiating your employee benefits, we've asked Kathleen Burns Kingsbury back on the show. She is an author and consultant known for breaking money silence. Is there any flexibility in employee benefits, or do you just have to take what you're offered? a great amount of flexibility if you are working uh, for an employer who is interested in showing you that they value you and your uniqueness. What benefits could I get? Well, it's interesting because we think about some of the uh, typical benefits that people ask for, you know, flex time, 
some education money or some money to put towards your education or your further professional development. I actually once had a girlfriend who was returning to work who said, you know what, they couldn't offer me the money I wanted, but I really, really wanted to take ice skating lessons every Wednesday morning. (laughs) And I said to her, really? I said, so you went to your employer or future employer and said, if you give me Wednesday mornings off where I can take ice skating lessons, then I will take the salary that you're offering. And she said, yes. And so she took Wednesday morning ice skating lessons for an entire year. She is not a very good skater, but she had a lot of fun, and she felt very uh, fondly towards her employer who was willing to kind of negotiate that with her. Sure. It's a win-win because the employer gets this great employee, and in the grand scheme of things, giving someone a couple hours Wednesday mornings, who cares? Exactly. And, you know, the joy that she got from from the skating experience was really interesting. And I think, you know, when we're thinking about negotiating or we're thinking about asking an employer for something that's maybe a, a little bit outside of the box, you know, keep in mind it's really about value. It's them valuing you and you saying, well, what's of value to me? And it may be money, but it may not be. A lot of times it's it's other stuff. So if someone wants these different employee benefits, when should they negotiate? Well, I think it's important up front to do the job interview and first get to a place where they've offered you a position. And then once they have made an offer, usually a company will have their traditional benefits package. And that's when you start to talk to them about salary negotiation, and you can build in the employee benefit conversation at that time. Now, when you're going to do that, what are some good negotiation strategies? First and foremost, you need to do your homework. So really think about for yourself, what is important to me? Is it making extra money? Is it having flex time? Is it making sure that I have, you know, every other Friday off, whatever the case may be? So to really do your own homework as to what's important to you and what's possible with that particular company or in that particular industry. And then I really think it's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Often we're very quick, right, Matt, to say, well, this is what I want, and you know, you want to fight for it, as opposed to thinking about, well, this is what I want, but how do I communicate that to the person who I'm negotiating with, and how do I make them feel comfortable with this? And that often is thinking about who do they have to answer to, who do they have to justify this negotiation with, and then making their job as easy as possible. Because a negotiation isn't a fight, it's a conversation, and hopefully each person walks away with a little something that makes them feel good. If someone's looking for any more resources, any suggestions? So I think if you want to learn more about breaking money silence and having negotiation conversations at work, whether that's talking about money or employee benefits, uh, you should check out my website at breakingmoneysilence.com. Thanks so much, Kathleen. Thank you. Zoom back out to big picture here. There are many benefits of being an employee besides the salary. If you are self-employed, it's much harder to get these benefits. If that's you, stay tuned this February for our episode on being self-employed. Understanding the differences between one employee benefits plan and another can be tough. If you are deciding between two jobs, it may be worth meeting with a financial advisor or financial counselor just to get their perspective on your options. It might also be worth talking with an advisor or counselor to see if you're making the most of the benefits you already have. That's all to say, if you're having trouble with any of this, reach out. Visit nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org and send us a message. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. Got questions? Love the show? Let us know. 
And if you help out an organization, we love to speak to an audience. Maybe a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) We've given talks literally coast to coast and want to hear from you, too. And if you represent a company or organization in the financial services industry and would like to support our lighthearted spin on an otherwise scary topic, money, please consider underwriting our show. To all our amazing listeners, you can support the show by going to the website and clicking the donate button. Let the world know you support public radio and the lifelong benefits of financial education. We would very much appreciate your support, so anything is helpful. And we'll give you a shout out on the show. Is that it? I think so. Thanks again, as always, to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, and our audio engineer, Garrett Burke. And thanks also to our special guest, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. And thank you for listening. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.